Last week I talked about prayer being uh, the foundation of the, of the place we go from here. Uh, as with all things, whenever God wants to do something new, you have to hear Him say, hey, where are we going? And it begins with a people of God getting with God together. All of us, we do, I know that I trust that all of you guys pray, uh, at least when you get in trouble, right? Uh, everybody's like, I always talk to people, so like, I'm always praying. It's like, wow, you must be getting in a lot of trouble. Because that, that's usually what happens to me, is like I, I spend most of my time praying. But after that message last week, it was an incredible message. I'm, I'm kidding. I, I, I always, you know, once in a while I'll, I'll well, actually every message that I, that I speak, I always speak to myself and say, because I, I don't want to be a hearer of the Word. I want to be a doer of the Word. And so uh, I have spent a lot of time literally praying this, not just like, like taking like large chunks of time to pray. And I've found that even in just one week of, of increasing my prayer life, uh, that God's already doing something. But I have to warn you, when you begin to pray, that all of a sudden the enemy wakes up, right? I mean, there's nothing worse than that. You're like, okay, Lord, I'm on it. We're doing this together, Lord. And it's like, we're all in this. And then just like that, the enemy goes, uh-oh, these Christians are waking up again. We got to stomp them down. And he plays whack-a-mole on you, you know? And, and then you get all discouraged. You're like, oh, now I'm discouraged. And, and then you stop praying. And he's like, perfect. This is perfect. Let's, let's lull you back into the sleep you were in before. And so... Uh, I, I want you to join me in your hearts, but also physically, uh, not, not just in uh, the, a short season of prayer, like 15 minutes before service or, or longer, but I really believe where the Lord is wanting to lead us, and I mean a, a, a regeneration of heart, a, a re-sight of our eyes to be able to see what the Lord is doing, it always begins with prayer. Yes? Yes, okay, just so I join you. So, um, the, the reason I wanted to say this is that churches go through uh, a lot of seasons. Uh, uh, Rodney was, was talking, it's like, I don't know if, the, I don't know if we're going to make it. Say, I always know we're going to make it. I, I, but I also always know that we're not going to make it the way we think we're going to make it. Because the Lord has done so many wild things. And, and we always look at, at church as like the, the gathering of people in a certain time. And, and it, it's in the American mindset especially that you got to get it bigger and bigger and bigger. When Jesus said, no, the reason I left is, is to get it further out there. So even like Gio could say, it's like, you know, I think we should go to a Spanish church. Okay, well, then we get it further out that way. It doesn't matter about the box, but a lot of times that's our, that's our concept. And I'm all for a bigger box. Well, I'm, I'm down if it means people are coming to Jesus, right? You know, gathering more Christians. You know, we could be the cool, the cool church on the block. You know, man, all we need is like two more of you young ladies singing up there. Next thing you know, it's like, whoa, that's just the happening church, and everybody come over from another church, and that's what we're looking for. We know that when we begin to pray, that Jesus starts moving on the hearts of people, and then things start happening, and 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 they come alive to Jesus. That's all, that, that's all that matters, guys. Coming alive to Jesus. Yes? All right, I got a couple amens. This is good. I'm liking this. Okay, so we talked about embracing the days ahead because the days ahead, God has 
incredible plans for us. He does. I mean, you know, God's never done with any group of people. I mean, you know, the remnant always gets larger. And so uh, I'm excited. Now, a lot of times we go, well, I just don't see it. When you don't see it, that means that Jesus is saying, have faith, <laughs> right? Because the thing that moves the Lord's heart is faith, right? He, he says, oh, look, they're actually believing me when they cannot see. But we spend our life looking and missing God instead of looking and saying, wow, there's a hole here. I guess God wants to fill this. And so that's part of it. Now, the other part, though, there, there was something said in our sacred reading last week that struck me, and I, and I want to talk for uh, about 10 minutes on it. This is going to be a super sh- uh, half-TED talk today. And it has to do, uh, this, this is what was said, um, one of our people said, you know, sometimes when I read these scriptures, I feel like a hypocrite. How many have ever felt like a hypocrite? Uh, you know, you're looking, you're, you're like, man, I should be on fire for God like these guys. And, and they were like, uh, what's on Netflix? And, and, and right, the, 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 this, is what, this is what happens, right? And you're like, ah, man. So, so we, we're living in these two worlds. And yes, the world is sucking it. You, you know, the people of, of Netflix and the powers and principalities behind that are trying to suck us away from God. There's no doubt in my mind. There's no doubt in my mind that the entire coronavirus concept from the larger, move it beyond everything else, is, is Satan trying to keep us from the, the next great revival. And, and so, what, what, but, but like with all things that Satan does, you know, he, he, you know, he should know by now that, you know, it's like, if I can just get rid of this Jesus guy, you know, then everything will be good. And we know how that worked out for him. And so every time the enemy has plans for us, God says, now watch this. Yes? Okay. Woo! Now we're talking. Okay, so, but when we feel like a hypocrite, we can either, either remain there. Now, I know we're all hypocritical at, at moments. I mean, at, at any given time, you can look at my life and go, yeah, I thought you said you were going to do that. But I want to talk about a principle that will move us forward as we embrace the days ahead. Are you guys ready? And what I titled this was accountability to opportunity, meaning that the opportunities that God has in, in store for us for the future will take us actually giving others permission to see what's in my life. Right? So when I feel like a hypocrite, instead of feeling like a hypocrite, I can just tell you, you know what? I said I was going to pray, and I didn't pray. Has that ever happened to you? Okay, I mean, we're all good hypocrites. Every good hypocrite here, everybody's saying, okay, okay. But the problem is we don't, we don't take the principle of accountability, which is just giving another person permission to speak into your life. You know, in uh, Luke 17, Jesus, Jesus says this. Uh, um, you guys know the story. Um, he says, watch yourselves. If your brother or sister sins, rebuke them. 
And if they repent, forgive them. When was the last time you rebuked a friend? No, I would never rebuke a friend. I, I, I did this morning. But we don't, we're not honest with each other, are we? We see, it's like, hey, you know, your, your spiritual life, especially in the spiritual realm, because and, and that's, that's an area we can be real squishy, isn't it? Nobody's really going to know. I mean, you don't know today how spiritual I am. Was he, was he in the Word this week? Was he close to Jesus? Was he enjoying God? Did he worship God? You'll never know unless you ask. And then I can say, hmm, yes, actually, this week I was. What about last week? Oh, well, that might be a different story, right? But it's because of a lack of accountability that we often just go our own way and we feel hypocritical, right? You guys all, all know this, this concept. Okay, so let me, let me read uh, my scripture and then I'll, I'll talk about it for just a few minutes. I'm doing pretty good. Okay. Uh, Paul says this. He says, you know, God has given pastors and, and other people in our lives to equip us for the work of ministry. And then he says this, then we will no longer be immature children. How many would like to be super mature? Yeah. You know, it's like, I, I talk to people all the time. It's like, I still feel like a baby Christian. Why? You've got teachers and, and apostles and prophets and brothers and sisters and friends and, and, and relatives. It's because we miss this point of accountability. How many have been just accountable to God? God, I'm not going to do this anymore. God, forgive me for doing that. God, I'm really not going to do this anymore. God, forgive me for doing that. How, how has that worked out for you? How many times have you done that? But you get with a brother or a sister, and you say, man, I am struggling. I feel like a hypocrite in this area. And they say, and you give them permission. See, this is a key that, that will take us really far. That, you, you know, and, and I, I was thinking that in Jendi's and my relationship, we're, we're, we're pretty good at spurring one another on to love and good deeds. But in certain areas, like, we, we both exercise. She taught me, like, to go exercise. I was always into sports before. I don't know what happened. When you stop doing sports, then you start exercising. Does this ever happen? You know, she used to play soccer, you know, run around. Never called it exercise. Then you get older, and you're like, man, I need to go run around. Like, I used to just play. Anyway, uh, but so now we're getting older, you, you know, now it's like, how many days will we exercise this week? I think I'll exercise four. Get to the fourth day. Three was good. And you call it a day. Now, if you have an accountability partner like that, that's the, not the right one. So spouses can be good. Uh, the reason I, I put that up is because we do. We spur one another on. And, and, uh, but I, you know, she's like, I'm not going to exercise today, and I don't, I don't rebuke her. And, isn't that what Jesus said? He's <laughs> like, if you see him sin. Now, now, sin, I know I don't have time to develop this, but anything that's not of faith is sin, right? We, we can talk about that. And it's like, I had faith that I'd do four, but I'm only doing three. And I'm like, that's okay, babe. Now, I do this on the other end, so don't, don't, I'm not, not digging on my, my wonderful, fit wife. 
who actually goes, she goes to these, these spin classes, and I, I've joined her a couple times. I, I have out-of-body experiences when I go and visit. You know, my exercise is like, you know, doing the Peloton. I, I, do, I, I do the visual ones. It's like, I'm riding through France today. Uh, this is great. Anyway, she's like grinding it out. The heart's like, you know, you can see people's hearts pump out. Anyway, there's a difference. Where am I going with it? Where am I going with this? We need each other to spur on to the things of God. Yes? Okay. I I didn't even read the whole verse. Here I go again. So you won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of teaching. You will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies that are so clever that they even sound like the truth. Have you believed something that sounded like the truth? Yeah, anytime, anytime you're watching anything on media, it's a lie. It's a lie. If their mouth is moving, it's a lie. Why do I know this? Because they don't speak the truth. They can't. They don't know the truth. <laughs> it takes a great deal of discernment to listen to someone, and you just got to say, oh, yeah, they're not telling the truth. I better go find my information somewhere else. We will not be influenced by people who try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love. Now, if, you, if you've given somebody permission to take a look at your life, it's important that they speak in love. Now, if they haven't given you permission, if you sometimes you just have to say it. But often... What I found is that those that are not interested in what you have to say are not interested in what you have to say. I don't care what your opinion is. Everybody's got an opinion on something, right? This, this is like the, the season of opinions. If they're interested in your opinion, they ask your opinion, and you say, there's my opinion. If they're not, uh, handing out advice is really not a good thing. You guys okay? Be at peace. All right, here we go. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Jesus, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Okay, we'll no longer be Babies or hypocrites will be mature if we put this into action. Okay, so first point is the key to growth is accountability. I've had a lot of coaches in my life. I've had a lot of brothers and sisters in my life, mostly brothers, who I have given permission. You have permission to talk to me about my spiritual life. And you guys actually do. If you see me up here and you're going, man, where's your passion? Where's your fire? What's happening with Jesus? You're okay. You, you can do that. Now, I give all of you guys permission, but for us individually, we need a few choice people we can talk to. And we, along with the permission, we can say, okay, I give you permission. This is maybe something I'm struggling with. Give them permission to ask you that question. You struggle with anything? Right? I struggle with laziness. Anybody here lazy too? You know? I, I mean, I got, I've got a few things on my honeydew list that, They've been on there a little longer than they should have been, right? Because I look at it and I go, I'm tired. Yeah, manana. 
fixed everything. <laughs> it's the cure to all things. <laughs> all right. Uh, being accountable to yourself is not that good, okay? I've been accountable. And I, I mean, I do push myself. But when push comes to shove, I shove. All right. <laughs> you need a friend. You need a partner. Definitely include your spouse if you're married. Uh, include your parents if you're still in contact with them. Do you know that parents actually have a little bit of wisdom? Young people, I'm speaking with you today. They actually know more. I know, I know, we, I know you're going, I know everything. I'm a teenager. But there's, there, you can learn. What I found is that you can learn a lot after you know everything. It's, it's an amazing discovery. Okay, just kidding. No, and actually, I'm not. Okay. So the key to growth is, is finding someone and giving them permission. Okay, here's, here's the permission, or here's what we need. We need the who. I'm, and I'm asking you guys to do this. If we're going to move forward to embrace the days ahead, we need people in our lives who will ask us the, the right questions, and we tell them what those questions are. Okay, who? And then when are they going to ask you? You know, it's like, do you ever tell somebody, hold me accountable on this, and then you never see them again? It's great. No, you want somebody that's close to you, maybe a daily person or an almost daily person, right? Okay, um, what are they going to ask you about? Now, most of your lives, you guys, you're all beautiful this morning, and, and so it looks like you all have your act together. But there's one area of your life that you could use someone encouraging you daily until you master it. Yes? That's what you ask them. So you know I'm struggling. And like I said, when we feel like a hypocrite in every area of life, like, like, like how's your marriage? You're like, oh man, I feel like a hypocrite on that one. Good. Please check in with me and see how I'm doing with this. You know, maybe it's your finances. You're like, oh, man, I'm, I'm a mess with my finances. I haven't done a budget. I always like, you know, I, I used to be the, uh, do the financial piece here, and, I, and people would g- give me their budgets. And I'm like, dude, you're broke. Uh, besides that, uh, uh, they'd give me your budget, and I'm like, but, but it's the next step. That's like one step, but then it's like, well, check on me next month and see how the budget is, right? But I don't. I just look at the, you know, like, and then a year later, how are you doing on that budget? <laughs> I'm still broke. I thought you were going to help me. Oh, yeah. So if you give permission, you got to give the check-in time. Okay. Um, what are your fears? Fears are a good thing. Like, I have been living in fear of this. You need an accountability partner to check in with you. It's like, this is what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid it's all falling apart. Okay. Well, then I can pray for you. Uh, what are your joys, cha- challenges, sins? Failures. What are your goals? Do you have any goals? Anybody got any goals? We're, it's almost New Year's. It's November. New Year's is coming. You can waste the next two months. But then in January, you got to hit it. I'm recommending that we hit it hard now. Set your goals, but don't just set them and say, I think I'm going to do this. Tell someone, give them permission. It's like, I want to be the best I can be for Jesus. Because what does it say here? It says, as each part does its group work, the whole body is healthy and growing, 
and we'll grow in every way and become more like Christ. That's my goal. I want to become more like Christ. And I know in myself, I'm going to become more like Stuart. (laughs) More like Pastor Stu. And Jesus is like, I saved you for something better. I saved you to become like me. Okay, last point. And that is, it says right here that we actually need each other. Our spiritual lives and really our natural lives depend on it. I've seen a lot of Christians fall by the wayside, lose their passion in Jesus. I don't want that for anyone. I don't want you here, no one out here. I want to, but the way that happens is you have to be together. The Bible actually says that we are members one to another. You don't belong to yourself. You belong to me, and I belong to you. The American way, of course, is individualism. That's working out for our country right now. (laughs) Not. We need each other. So what am I challenging you today to do? Last point. I'm asking you to get a who. Who is someone that you are willing to give permission to check in on your goals, your fears, your passions? You got them in your mind? Anybody? Okay. If you don't, I need you to get one in your mind. I'm not going to not going to leave. So you do. You have someone? Some people are getting closer. Okay. Okay. Now you have to take the next step. Before you leave here, or when you get home, or sometime this week, I want you to connect with that person. I'm going to ask you next week, putting it down in my notes. And if you say, yeah, I didn't want to be accountable. Now, let me talk for one second about that. Why don't we want to be accountable? Because we are worried about what other people think about us. It's pride. It's the tool of the devil. Fastest way to take you down is to not let someone know who you are. But Jesus has called us to be known and known by others. Okay, with that, that was our, that's your homework. What's your homework this week? Get a who. Find a who and tell them. Tell them. You know, if they weren't here, say, hey, Horton heard a who. No, you got a who. Okay? And say, and, and say I, I need it. I need it because I want all that God has for me. And with that, I'll close in prayer. And uh, do we have our communion set up? All right, we're going to just do this thing. All right, let's pray. Lord, we are so thankful that you've given us the body of Christ. You've given us friends and brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers and pastors and apostles and prophets, others that can speak into our life that we might become like you, Jesus. That's our goal. That's our passion, to know you and to be like you. Lord, we're on our way to being done with lesser things. We put our heart and our lives in your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, as... uh
we're going to have the communions put, uh, going to share communion. This is what we're going to do. Jesus, when he put communion together, this Last Supper, which he had instituted from all the way back in Egypt, God said, I, I want you guys to have this meal. Um, it was a point of accountability. He said, every time you do this, I want you to remember. Every time. What do, what do I need to remember? I need to remember that Christ died for my sins. I need to remember that his life blood flows through my life. I need to remember that he sent another helper called the Holy Spirit to empower us, to help us walk with him. When we feel lesser, he's our wonderful counselor who will be with us. This is good stuff, right? How many have forgotten that? You're walking along, having a day, having a day of it. We forget what Jesus has done for us. So as we are invited to the table, I want us to, uh, you know, when we remember, I was talking earlier about this uh, memorial service. Memorial services are about remembering, and everybody's like, oh, I remember that incident, and that time we were together, and, and that, the way that person was. And that's what Jesus is, does with us, with communion. He says, I want you to remember now, when we remember, it, we, ha we engage our imagination, right? It's like, I'm imagining what it was like that day when I was with you. And Jesus invites us to imagine what it's like to be with him right now. So I want to just not rush on, but I want us to think about this. You're there with the disciples. It's the last day before Jesus dies. And Jesus is reminding us of the need to be together. He's got all the disciples together. And he says, okay, you guys together remember this. This bread that you have in your hand, this is my body. It was broken for you. He did not withhold anything from us. You know that? Sometimes we look at it and we say, oh, I think God's withholding from me. No, he can't be, because he gave us everything. And as we take the bread this morning, we're before the Lord, he's handing it to us, and says, this is me, this is all of me given for you. And as we go ahead and take the bread, let's thank him that we have everything we need for a life of godliness. Is take the cup. This is the new covenant. A new, new covenant. He, he, he writes a new will for us.
and says, here's, here's the new relationship we're going to have. You're going to know me, not just in a book or in a teaching, but you're going to know me face to face. And so let's go ahead as we drink this cup, be reminded that Jesus has opened the door for us to have a face-to-face relationship with him. Lord, we thank you for that. Let's go ahead and take the cup this morning. Thank you, Lord. And then he left those disciples and said, guess what, guys? You're accountable to each other to not only remember what Jesus has done for us, but to now be commissioned as his ambassadors of the good news, which is just what we talked about, Jesus giving his life for us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the opportunity to be together, to honor one another. And I pray that your word would run deep, that we would not miss this principle of accountability, how we need each other to spur one another on to love and good deeds. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for everything today. Thank you for honoring Jendi uh, and, and Brooke and I. And uh, It's good to be in a place where we can celebrate one another uh, and serve one another. So thank you for everything. Uh, any final thoughts, questions, or comments? All right. With that, God bless you guys online. God bless you guys with us. Uh, if you need prayer... Let's pray before we leave today. Don't forget to ask someone to be your accountability partner in some area of your life this week. God bless you. See you soon. Bye-bye. Hey.